Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Mal and Johnny Show. And Johnny, we've got a special guest with us today. Yeah, we got a special guest, a great friend of ours and a great performer, Mr. Mike Doyle. Let's hey. welcome him in. So, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How exciting. I've been looking forward to it all day. <laughs> now then, we talked about Johnny being an opportunity knocks, and it, it's a life changer, and it was definitely like that for you, wasn't it? Well, it was, but how it came about for me, I auditioned in Cardiff at the top rank, um, and, I, and I went in, and a guy called Stuart Morris was the producer who actually made Shirley Bassey. He was the one who first gave Shirley her, her first go. And... Um, so I go into the audition room with a guy called Stuart Morris, and Bob Monkhouse is there. And he, this, this producer just went, yeah, that's all I want you to do, Mike. Just give us three minutes. Three minutes. No more. No more. I thought, three minutes. I didn't come from that era where you had like an eight-minute uh, eight act. Then you just did that act around the country, you know. I came from the era where we want a full hour out of you. <laughs> a full hour. And it's 55 minutes. We want a That's full right. hour. <laughs> and the band saying, do you, want me to, do you want me to play it as is? And things like that. So I come from... <laughs> I come from that era. Yeah. So I thought, how am I going to do three minutes? What have <laughs> I got to show this man who Mike Doyle is in three minutes? So I couldn't. So I just waffled on and waffled yeah. on. And he said, thanks very much, but no thank you. And oh. I walked out into the sunlight. I'll never forget it. And the door slammed behind me. And it was Bob Monkhouse chasing me out into the street to guard it. <laughs> Which, um, yeah. And he, he said, look, I think you've got something here. I'm going to talk to Stuart. Um I'll write you some material. And he got me a job as a warm-up man at BBC Wood Lane uh, in London, where it was being filmed. So then Bob said to me, no, look, whatever you do, Mike, don't move off X marks the spot. He said, because um, we're going to just do a few test shots on you for me. I said, oh, OK. Oh, all right. I'm, so I'm there to do the t t test shot. Johnny, you, you know all about this. So, and you do, Mal. So um, I was told not to move. Bob gave me loads of material. So they actually filmed you doing your warm-up. Yeah, you got did? it, Johnny. But what Bob had done, he's yes. pulled a few favours. He's got them to film me. He's edited it down to three minutes, showed it to, showed it to Stuart Morris. I was on the show the next week, and then I won the Blimit Series. Whoa! Isn't that amazing? What, what, I mean, what a talent spotter. Fantastic. You know? him first back in 1986 in Cardiff, so I assumed he was Cardiff-born, but he replied... Carmarthen. Carmarthen. Carmarthen in West Wales, yeah, the gateway to the West. I guess it was because I saw you auditioning in Cardiff that I... I yeah. But that was, that was two years ago for the first yeah. series of, of Bob Knox. Well, I failed, see? But I come back again, I thought, get my act together and let's have another go, you know? Yeah, show business success needs that special combination of talent and determination. This young comedian from Carmarthen has plenty of both. Opportunity knocks for act number two, Mike Doyle. Thank you very much. Good evening. Good evening. If you're wondering whether to vote for me, you know, my language is English, my accent is Welsh, my, my name is Irish, but I prefer Scotch. That <laughs> covers everything, really. Listen, I'm staying in a marvellous... Was it just patter you were doing? Were you singing as well, or just, just, just well, you know, gags? You know, what were you was, doing? Um, a difficult thing 
to put over that you are a comedy vocal act, as it were. So Bob just said, look, you, we got to hear him sing. So I yeah, started yeah. off um, coming on with the, with the comedy. Um, so bang, 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 bang. And at the end, well, Bob just said, just say this. Well, I come from Wales. There's no way can I not sing a song for you tonight and blah, blah, blah. And we worked, we worked the words of the song to in with the comedy. On the way into the BBC tonight, somebody thought I was somebody famous. <laughs> this beautiful, gorgeous woman came up to me. She said, you're Mario Lanza, aren't you? I said, don't be silly. I'm Mike Doyle from South Wales. She said, you're Mario Lanza. I'm not. I'm Mike Doyle from South Wales. She said, if you were Mario Lanza, I'd do anything for you. So I said, be my love. Find love's promised land There'll be no one but you for me Eternally If you will be my I know these are like ridiculously old songs, but Bob Monkhouse said, look, to stand out on this show, you could be cool now and sing something, you know, um, hey, Laurie, and it's, it's just going to be a pop song. But if you come on and you like, you be the best. That will be people at home voting will will remember that more than you trying to be singing a song by Steely Dan or whatever, you know. Mm, yeah. So, um, so that yeah, so he did help me a lot and he helped yeah, me yeah. after that as well because I, I was booked funny enough. I've just been writing this, um, I'm writing a book at the moment and I've just written the story. Um, I was then taken over by a manager called Malcolm Feld and, um, I I'd never had like a London-based manager before, and it was a whole new world, you know, in the big boys' league. And was Malcolm Feld in London management? Well, I think he, if he wasn't with them in the early days, he certainly knew Billy Marsh and Laurie Mansfield and all these people. Peter Pritchard. He was. Yeah. He was up there. Yeah. Um, Is that the dog? That's Buddy hates, the dog. He hates the postman with with an absolute vengeance. So um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then I get this this management, and then I started to uh, <clears throat> I started to do support work, you know, like so I toured with the Stylistics, the Shadows, the Supremes, Mary Wilson. Oh, what, what a shock! Yeah, she just gone, yeah, she? You know what? I, it's, I remember we did we did Torquay, you know, the big conference center there, the Supremes, and as I said, I was a support artist. And the, the the Supremes were all very upset, like, you know, and, uh, and Mary Wilson was trying to pull them all together. They'd had their tour bus broken into and all their beautiful Supreme gowns all stolen. So they went on stage in their jeans and T-shirts, jumpers. And, oh, no. You know, 
Which is ironic because that's how they dress on the stage now, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I gotta tell you, I saw Billy Crystal once. I gotta tell you this, you just reminded me. He's looking at the television, he said, There's a bloke here doing comedy, he's dressed for a felony. Because <laughs> 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 that's how people dress now, don't Oh, they, yeah, Mike? yeah. <laughs> so, through Opportunity Knox. Bruce Forsyth's Generation Game, uh, something for the weekend. I did a, a comedy drama thing for six weeks, and and the numerous things, the knock-ons, the Michael Barrymore, Big Night Out, Pebble Millet. Well, there was loads of telly around in those days for the likes of us, you know. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Doyle. <laughs> very much indeed, ladies and gentlemen. No, I can't tell you. I can't tell you what a thrill it is to be here tonight. I'm so glad my mother sent that letter to Annika Rice. <laughs> I'd like to go back now because Opportunity Knox was, was a, a highlight, you know, a part way through your career. But you started off in Carmarthen, and uh, yeah. Johnny and I in the past have talked about, you know, early days in the clubs and all of that sort of thing. What was your yeah. first act? Was it in a rock and roll band or was the comedy there straight away? No, it was certainly wasn't. And um, my first band um, was... Uh, I had a mate called Spud. He's no longer with us, bless him. And um, he was a great uh, lead guitar player. You know, he could play the intro to Johnny Be Good properly. You know, <laughs> and um, <laughs> Andy yeah. Wah on drums. And we used to we used to practice in Andy Wah's mother's house. Right. In this small little dining room in a terraced house. And I can remember the songs of yesterday, our set list, and we were only like 16, 15, 16 now. We used to do um, uh, The Arms of Mary, living in the arms of Mary. Um, Mama's got a squeeze box, she wears on her chest. Did you do that one? Um, it was all kind of poppy, rock and rolly type stuff, you know, which, as you know, Mal, we've had these conversations. I am a rock and roller at heart. I've never really been musical theatre and uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, I am a bit of a rock and roller at heart. And um, that band was called, stupid name, it was called Tattoo. <laughs> so, um, anyway, the drummer, he said, Well, you're practicing my mommy's house, so, you know, I get the name of band, right? Otherwise, you're not going to come here anymore. So, okay. <laughs> so, that band then became Speed Limit. Yeah, oh, great. What a great name, Speed Limits. And Speed Limit... Had a level of success, Lord. Yeah. We um, auditioned for Decca Records, and they said that the best thing that could happen to you boys was to play universities at one o'clock in the morning when everyone's drunk. And we said, oh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, always, yeah, there's always this thing. I, I, there's, a, there's a friend of mine who uh, <laughs> is in a group, in a group, but he always said, um, the thing about our band is we are the best band uh, in our price range in the area. You know, so I, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot to be said for that, and you know, but we didn't make any money out of the band days. I think it's all because we kept reinvesting, getting better PA. You know, it was our dream to have Marshall Stacks and stuff like that. But we then went on to support a little band. We were 18 at the time. Then we went on to support 
Shaking Stevens and the Sunsets, as they were then called. Um, Sailor. Wow. Um, who else did we support? Leo Sayer. Because all these names came to Carmarthen and to Clannesley to the... Uh, what Glen was it Ballroom. Called? The Glen Ballroom, thank Glen you. Ballroom. And uh, they took on Swansea, of course, top rank. And, and we were the go-to band that would do it for free in Carmarthen. <laughs> but it was a great... Um, a great experience and then after that you know bands split up and everything then we became uh, a little cabaret band as it were we all had curly perms huge dicky bows uh, frilly shirts blue velvet jacket black trousers shiny uh, white shoes weird and um <clears throat> and we were called casual affair and uh i've had a few of them what was that <laughs> I've had a few casual affairs. Yeah, that was the name of the band. They're still they're still going today. Really? They're still around today. But um, you know, we went up the northeast, stayed at Rockerview Guesthouse. Um, you know, I'm having breakfast with a rocking. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, and of course, the band's finished, and uh, I had. A little, I started having a little go on my own, and that's when when Alan Phillips, man, Alan Phillips, he came into my life, man. Alan Phillips, the agent, finesse brilliant, fine Alan, Alan had a great telephone persona. Give us the. Hello, it's Alan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, got a good few Thursday, right? Don't I? Yeah, that's right. All right. See, all right. See, was it? Okay. And, I said, and that would be it. <laughs> I know it was him, but he, he wouldn't come to Hello, yeah. boys, it's me. It would be, hello, it's me, it is. <laughs> but when you met him in person, he was lovely, but on the phone, oh. he was bloody awful. He, he, was like, <laughs> he used to ring me. And I go, ring, ring, oh. ring, ring. I go, hello. He go, oh, 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 it's me, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he. He was instrumental in, um, you know, uh, getting me loads of work, absolutely shedfuls of work back in the day. And I learned an awful lot, you know. And um, and J Johnny, you know, I I remember looking up to you in those days and just thinking, consummate professional, you know. And I thought, how will I ever even get to, you know, where his uncles are, his uncles. You know, I wasn't even as good as, good as your feet. Because you could tap and you could, you know, you to my tap shoes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and I, I really, I want, I wanted to say that to you on this podcast that, you know, when when I was starting off and everything, you know, and, and I'd look up at you and just think, and loads of people would say to me, you know, well, Johnny Tudor, Johnny Tudor, you know, and when we used to get to Cardiff, well, I got to Cardiff then, the big city, um, so nervous, you know, that will they understand me and all that, and. Um, and then there was a brilliant, brilliant um, Welsh comedian. And John, you will know him because you probably worked with him on um, uh, Nosson Lawen or Dis Disco Downs or something. I don't know. But he just said to me, Can you see? What are you going to be careful of? Is Does the comedy travel past Lacha Bridge? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But you've been able to travel because your, your act is more universal. That's well, why. it is. It, it became that, and I, and now I, I, in my I'm sixty, and I just you know it's pennies dropped a little bit, and you know it doesn't really matter where you come from as as long as you set it all up. Um, you know we're great as Welsh people. I think we're all 
great storytellers, you know. And, um, you know, um, oh, these stories, come, I got, they're all stacked up in my head. I could go on for hours. But uh, but if, if I may, there was, going, going back to the Lacher Bridge situation, um, this, this, <laughs> this could be, I wish yeah. I could remember his name. He gave me such a great gag. And I, I tell this joke all over the world. He said, don't ever tell this joke, he said, over the Lacha Bridge. No one will understand you once you pass Lacha Bridge. It'll be lost and you'll die. And the joke was that a man was, a man was shipwrecked. He's on a desert island and um, all the food was coming up in barrels and a sealed and it kept him going for 25 years and he, he by trade he was a carpenter and he, and he built himself a house and he built himself a social club so he could go down there uh, on a saturday night you know and have a bit of coconut juice and then he on on the hill to the left he, he built a chapel see and then and on the other hill he built another chapel and when he got saved, this chap went, well, he said, this is amazing, he said. She said, oh, yes, he said, I've built all this myself, see. I go down to club every Saturday night, I'm a coconut, I'm to the, to the boys, like, in my mind, I suppose. And then on Sunday, then, you know, I, I, I chapel on the side, I always go to chapel and say, said, oh, he said, oh, why have you built another chapel over there, then? He said, oh, that's the one I don't go to. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, listen to this. I told that joke yeah. on the Queen Mary 2 on a transatlantic voyage where my audience at one particular um, yeah. voyage was 90% New York Jewish audience. And they absolutely were crying laughing. <laughs> but um, I was on the Queen Mary 2 about four years ago. So it's quite a new, relatively young story. And this woman comes up to me in a wheelchair. And she says to me, you don't remember me, do you? I said, no, I, I, I don't think I do. Oh, my husband <laughs> was good to you. I said, well, I said, I can't think. Um, yes, my husband, Glyn. I'm going, well, yes. And uh, she said, he was the concert sack of the Mercer Labour Club. <laughs> so this is on the Queen Mary, you know, right? And I said, oh, Glyn, I said, of Oh, I said he was good to me. I said, and uh, he, he, I was never big headed with him around. I can tell you that. <laughs> so then the next thing happens is this. Oh, this will <laughs> this will knock you over with a feather. This. She said, "Well, the only reason why I'm on here," she said, "is my boy is doing the fashion look in there." And I went. It was Fashion Week, and they had the top fashion. Uh, People right. from all over the world, um, Paris, Milan, New York, mainly New York, London, and Julianne MacDonald was one of the big names showing off his his designs. And they had six foot four models in a catwalk in the Queen's room. And I, I went, your boy. Mm. Julien is your son? I said, I remember him asking his father for a tenner because he wanted to go and get a Chinese on the way home from the club. <laughs> so I now get to meet Julien MacDonald, who's very grand now with all the, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I tell him this story. 
And his mother yeah, yeah. goes, hey, he's absolutely right, because I remember as well. You always asking your father for money, you were. <laughs> and it's Julianne McDonald. I got these people around. Julianne, <laughs> your your upbringing is such must have been such a hoot. Such a hoot. <laughs> you know those clubs, Mike. Uh, we we uh, Johnny and I talked about them and some of those characters, like Glenn, uh, Latina with Labour Club. You know the. Um, they were characters, but there was sort of like an internal logic to some of the things they'd say to you, but they didn't make any sense. Like taking a pile of gear to a, to a gig and maybe a pile of lights to a, to a, to a gig. Now, t- I, I think I've heard you tell this story before, but tell us about going to the gig and then unloading the gear and what the club sex says to you. So <clears throat> we, we go to a club up um, in the valleys and... With bringing all the gear in from the transit van. And on the dance floor in front of the stage, there are drum kit stuff, stands, cables, boxes, speaker cabinets, amplifier, little mixing desk, microphone stands, guitar cases. And it's all over the dance floor. And the committee member comes in and he says, Now then, ow, is all this crap? Gonna get up there on that little stage. And as he said that, the bass player comes in with a bar across his shoulders with lights hanging from it. He said, What the hell is that then? <laughs> oh, these are our lights for the show tonight. You brought your own lights? Yeah, yeah. These are <laughs> this is our own lighting. It's for the show tonight. Well, here we are. I suppose we save on the electric. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Some of the clubs. I've got a, <sighs> I've got a great story of. Um, funny enough, it's, it is Merthyr Tydfil Labour Club, and uh, this is like if this is not on the top of my best stories that you know over the years, but this is in the top ten. So the last time that I ever went there, because. Let's be honest, and let's not let's not romanticise too much. It was a hard, hard club, and when when you went well, it was wonderful. And most of the time, they were they were tough to 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 win over. So <clears throat> I go along to the club, and Glyn is there, Glyn McDonald, and he says to me, "Walked into the concert room. I'm going to show you something. Watch this now." So I'm standing in the middle of the Merthyr Labour Club concert room and I hear him from behind the, the curtains at the back there. Are you there? I said, yes. What's this now? Nobody in South Wales will have this. I said, OK. He pressed a button and these curtains, they fitted electric curtains. <laughs> <laughs> these electric curtains went... <laughs> <laughs> And they overlapped each other like that, right? Right. He comes onto the stage now, and it's like Tommy Cooper trying to find his way through the centre fold, right? And he goes, "What do you got then?" I said, "As fantastic as what yeah. Jesse said." They open as well. So anyway, they open and close, right? So um, the night comes. He can't wait now. He's got his finger on his button. Any opportunity. <laughs> He just couldn't get enough of the button, right? The duo goes on, and uh, for some reason, 
this duo, I think one of the fathers owned a music store. So the drummer would do this. So for argument's sake, I was singing Feelings in those days. Feelings. <laughs> Nothing more than feelings. Chinese symbol, Chinese symbol, right? I think, what's going on, man? Right? And the keyboard player, Rick Wakeman hasn't got as much keyboards as this block. He's got one hand up here, one hand down there, one, this. Right? Yeah. So, on goes the girl singer before me. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the club. First time in the club, all around the room, please, this time, all around, this time, please. Please welcome to the club. Never been here before. The agent said she's good. And we're about to find out, ladies and gentlemen, please. Please welcome, whoever her name was, right? <laughs> she walks on in high heels, clips over to a plastic button on the floor, clicks it, and goes, first I wasn't afraid and afraid and afraid and afraid and afraid, I was petting the fight and 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 the fight. Thinking I could never die, I could never live without sight and 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 sight. Thinking how you did me wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong and now you're back in the back in the back in the back. How to get along? The organ and drums, well, the keyboards and drums took off about a thousand miles an hour. But now you're back, dumb out of space, stops. But with the echo, but now you're back and back, back and back and then, in the middle of this absolute awful situation, Glenn has gone, yeah, not having this. Click. <laughs> <laughs> Shuts the curtain Wait. on her. <laughs> Here he comes. Here he comes, Johnny boy. He finds the middle of the curtains, and because it's a full room, He's got a bit of nerves on him. He comes to the curtains, falls off the stage, gets back up, grabs a microphone and says, well, she won't be back. <laughs> <laughs> then the duo plays him off with his own business like show business like no. Well, what they actually did was go, there's no business like show business like no business. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, tough clubs. You, Johnny, there's, uh, you, you, there's, there's a club near that you always say was one of the toughest out there. Which one was it? Gurness. Oh, Gurness. <laughs> I, I told him last week, Mike, about uh, Johnny Stewart. He went on in Gurness, and his first line was, um, I've been sent here, I didn't come of my own free will, and you don't frighten me. That was his opening line. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, you go to somewhere like that, and and the other clubs, oh, it certainly toughens you up, doesn't it? It's you know, so if you've got a, if you're on the QE2 or the Queen Mary or whatever it is, at least you're prepared for an audience that could be tough. I think what it does, all that training of years ago and whatever, because we, I couldn't, I couldn't deliver, you know, exactly how I did it then, really, I suppose. But I think, Johnny, you might agree, working the clubs of yesteryear. It taught us to have, to learn how to have thinking time, 
So it's not going well, but rather than go, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? It, yeah. You self-edit and you, 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 you maybe can think five, ten minutes ahead and go, I'm going to go into this or I'm going to do that. You know? Mm. I tell you what, Miguel, I know when you got when you got a really hard club, and and you and you beat them in the end. In in some way, it's more satisfying than go to yeah. an easy club where you've got to meet another hand. You you fight them and you and you get through to them, and it's such a good feeling. You you got them yeah. in the oh, end. Oh, I know what you mean. I mean, I went through a, a phase of when I turned up at a club and someone said, "Oh, you better be good. You're they're, they're hard. You're, you know." I I used to say, "Oh, good, good." Oh, brilliant! I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad. It, it, it would have yeah. been so easy if they were just so nice. <laughs> so um, we do sometimes <laughs> make out that it was so tough and so hard, and well, yeah, it, it, I suppose it was. But you know, I did the northeast, and I know you did, Johnny, no doubt. And and I did, I did a Birmingham circuit, and uh, and the the northwest. Yeah. And you know what? I think we were quite accommodating. I think um, Tom Jones says in his book, <clears throat> if you were good, they'd let you know. And if you weren't any good, they'd let you know. <laughs> <laughs>